This episode is sponsored by Kangaroo Jack Fitness, personal training that goes above and beyond to get the best results for you. Deadly duo coming at you. That's the start. Hello and welcome to Game Time Extra, a little mini pod where we discuss maybe something that's gone on in the week, something important in the world of football. This week, it's the latest England squad announcement. I'm here with Alan to talk through it. Alan, how do you think the squad's gone? Very good. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm just so exhausted after recording for 40 minutes. Game time, extra, extra. Too hot for your ears, listeners. <laughs> so much so that Danny wasn't recording. Danny Excellent was... intel from the week's game. What happened in the Champions League? What's yet to come? All of it gold. I was on top form. In all fairness to Danny, Danny was recording. But for some reason, the recording corrupted and didn't record properly. Lost to the E through the internet. Oh, well. On the England squad. Yes. What do we think? I mean, some weird ones in there. Let's probably talk about the ones that we like the most. Jaden Sancho looks like, finally, after we talked about in the original recording that didn't happen, looks like he's got his call up after a really impressive for Borussia Dortmund this season. Well, it was only yesterday I was saying that he. I think it was, there was a news article that he was going to get called up to the under-21s to replace someone. And I was baffled that he had to be called up as a replacement. I couldn't understand why he wouldn't be in the under-21s in his own right, let alone in the senior squad. So obviously there's a bit of misreporting there, but it's great to see him in the senior England squad. Um, started the game yesterday for Dortmund, and from what I heard, was capable... He's been involved in a goal every 20 minutes or something this season. He has more assists than he has starts for Dortmund and has been involved in more goals than any player in the top five leagues in Europe. Good, and he's going to be an important player, you think, in two years' time. So get him prepped now. Get him involved in the setup. Get him used to it all. We don't want to start blooding players the year of the World Cup. No, year of the Euros, sorry. Yeah, no, that would... Throwing them in at the last minute would not be the best way of doing it. And well, I, can't, I can't wait to see what he can do. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen too much of him in the Bundesliga apart from great highlights, to be honest. And, and tell you who's not in the squad before we do anything, and who'll be looking on that with some degree of jealousy and maybe give you a bit of context, is Phil Foden. Mm. A person with some quality as well, some measurable quality, who's meant to be one of England's you know, next shining stars, has chosen to stay at City for whatever reason. But he's going to look at Jaden Sancho playing regularly in the top league for a top team and be thinking, why, why I'm, I'm of that quality, why can't I be playing regularly week in, week out? Because he's, he's barely getting on as a sub for Man City. Mm. He's, he's got some decisions to make over the next year or so, I think, based on how much he's playing. Yeah, and especially when he, like you said, gone and seen the likes of Jaden Sancho and then I think... Is it the Arsenal loanee, Reese Nelson? He's at Hoffenheim as well. He scored on his debut. Lookman's just come back from a half decent season abroad. Um, you know, Reese Oxford to a certain extent. Obviously, not of the quality of those previous players. But if, you know, Phil Foden would get into many other teams, well, in England and abroad. It just happens that he's a, a, a team with a wealth of. A, sorry, a massive depth to their squad. Mm. Another player who's quite interesting to get in, Mason Mount, who's from Chelsea on loan at Derby at the moment, enjoying a really good season there under Frank Lampard. 
I saw a stat that he's in, been involved in 17 goals in his last 18 league games. Yeah, it's good. and he, he's on top form. And it's good to see Gareth Southgate. doesn't matter the level you're playing at or how young you are. If you're good enough, you're good enough. You're in the squad. Mm. If, you, if you're good enough, you're old enough. If you're good enough, it doesn't matter if you're playing in the Championship. Obviously, he's on loan from Chelsea. But, yeah, he's picking on form. Maybe apart from Danny Welbeck. I was just about to say, if you're good enough, you get in the team. Why has he chosen Danny Welbeck? This some sort of legacy thing from when he was top scorer going into the Euro qualifiers six years ago or something. <laughs> Successive England managers have really rated him quite highly. You know, he's almost a squad player. He must. It must be something he's good around to have in the squad or something. I, I, I don't get it, but... Is he this England squad's Emil Heskey, where Capello loved Heskey, Sven-Goran Eriksson loved Heskey? He seemed to get into every England team despite scoring under, what was it, seven goals in like 70 appearances for England. He had a function, though, did Heskey. I'm not sure what Welbeck's bringing to that setup. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh. He is a player of some repute, I think. <laughs> I think maybe. The thing. No, I'd, you know, he's... Yeah, I don't get that. But, oh well. It's not for me to decide. Big big G South game. I mean, while we're talking about the forward line, I mean, Harry Kane, that's fair. Marcus Rashford, yes, he looks more promising for England than he ever does for United at the moment. Raheem Sterling as well. James Madison got in from Leicester. Is another one of those players like Mason Mountain, Jaden Sancho. Young player. Seems to have adapted to the Premier League so easily. He's fit, yeah, fit right into the Leicester team playing along Vardy. Yeah, he's looking really good. and He could be yeah, a good addition to that England squad. Like I say, Kane's going to be the main starter you would have thought as a solo striker, playing a, you know, alongside maybe Rashford or Sterling. But him to come in as a, as a sub potentially, look, yeah, certainly look good. And as a, not a direct replacement for Vardy, because Vardy's his own player in his own right, but... As a Leicester, you know, in one Leicester player going out, another one coming in. Yeah, not bad. One thing would be interesting to see who takes free kicks for the England team now, because Trippier looks solid, obviously scored that one against Croatia in the semi-final of the World Cup and takes set pieces mm-hmm. for Spurs. James Madison scored a brilliant free kick against Huddersfield and looks deadly from a set piece as well. Did I think it'd be hard to take it away from Trippier. Looking at the midfield... Ross Barkley, is that a surprise inclusion? He seems to be doing okay under Sari. He seems to be filling a function. He's playing a bit more, and I think he's got some praise out of Sari. And, but he's actually playing. I think that's the key thing. He wasn't playing last season. And no matter the quality of Barkley, at some point he's going to have to start showing some of that promise. In the same regard as Wilshere can no longer be thought of as a prospect, Barkley is in that transition where he's going from a young player with a lot of potential talent who he's beginning to be a senior player. Mm. And I think he's got to start using that. But he's playing this season. It, look, if he gets regular games and improves, that's a huge addition to the England squad. Because he's dynamic. I mean, there's always been the comparisons with Gaza. He's never going to potentially be living up to that height, but he's certainly an effective player who likes to turn turn with the ball and run a defender. So, yeah, be a good addition. An interesting addition... Nathaniel Chalaber for Watford. And only interesting in the sense that I think he's got the quality to play in the team. He's a very good midfielder. 
he's been injured and he's only just returned to full fitness. Whereas his teammate, Will Hughes, has started for Watford and has impressed. I think that's a, an interesting one that he's gone for Chalva but left out Hughes. That's potentially maybe due to the promise that Shabala... Shabalala! Wrong uh, <laughs> player. Goal for Africa. Africa. Um, <laughs> Bafana, Bafana! Um, the, the promise he was, he was showing before his injury, because he was playing very mm. well before his injury, and I think Southgate has maybe got him in there for the future rather than anything else, you know, to train with the squad. You might not even see him play, but it's like players, you know, being brought on to train with the squad right, more than anything else um, to get that experience. And he probably looks at Shabba, <laughs> as someone Shalaba, as someone who's going to be in there in the next few years, and so he's worth to having around. Will Hughes though has been playing very well. Mm. Yeah, honourable mention. <laughs> honourable mention. They should do that for international squads. Have honourable mentions like you nearly got there. But Eric Dyer, pretty standard now. Uh, Jordan Henderson as well, another standard one. There's some regular fixtures in there. Harry Winks looked okay towards the latter part against Barcelona in the I, Champions League. I really like Harry Winks. Mm. I like to think he would have had a role to play at the World Cup had yeah. he stayed fit. Um, I was saying during the Tottenham game that he's just very sensible with the way he plays. Picks picks smart passes, short, doesn't give the ball away too often. Yeah, he's just an effective player. And within the sort of the way that Gareth Southgate wants to play, he needed someone like that at, at the World Cup and you know, in the post-mortems of the World Cup, we were saying we just didn't have someone in the centre so much that was able to dictate it. That's why we came a cropper against Croatia, because they had two world-class players that could do exactly that. And no, Winks isn't at that level, but he is of that mould. player yeah. who likes likes the ball, likes to give it out and receive it, doesn't mind having having his fair share of possession. So, yeah, I'd like to see him develop a bit more and get some game time. It's like a less angry John Joe Shelby. Mm. Onto the defence, Trent Alexander. Oh my god, that's a word I can't say. Trent Alexander Arnold, again enjoying a really good time for Liverpool. Another Liverpool player, Joe Gomez. Are we finally seeing the Joe Gomez that promised under Brendan Rodgers when he initially signed and then got hacked down with that horrible injury? Yeah, I mean he's another one that's been unlucky with injuries. Um, who knows where he could, what level he could have been at at the moment had he not been, you know, struck down. But yeah, he's looking really good, isn't he? Um, and it's just whether he should be, how, how that fits into the England setup with Kyle Walker. Yeah. Where does Kyle Walker? <laughs> Crazy though it is to say for the world's most expensive defender, how does he fit into this England squad now? Is he still a right-sided centre back? As, as long as Kieran Trippier's there, I guess yes, because Trippier offered so much during the World Cup, and I think that's the only basis that we've got bar the friendly and UEFA Nations League games that happened before. He's almost undroppable. And he was good against Barcelona in spells. He's yeah. such a threat down the attacking side. And he's got such a good delivery. He seems almost more comfortable delivering across first time on the volley than he does just taking his time. He can do both perfectly, but he looks mm. so... It's like, not to compare, but David Beckham-esque, the way he can just yeah. take a ball first time and whip one he in. He does land it in good spaces. But, uh, yeah, but at the moment, you've sort of got four into three, or four into two, depending mm. on the way he wants to play. The way he wants to play, because you've got Joe Gomez, Maguire, Stones, and then Walker. So, I, do you think he's going to stick with the five at the back? 
I think that seems to be the way he wants to go, doesn't he? I mean, if you look at the rest of the players called up, I just had mentioned Maguire's in there. Um, Danny Rose and Luke Shaw both in there. So you'd imagine they probably get a game each or 60 minutes and 30 the other way around. John Stones, James Tarkowski for Burnley's got in there again. Kieran Trippier, as yeah. mentioned, and Carl Walker. So it, you're probably looking at a three back again. But you have got Alexander-Arnold, Trippier and Carl Walker, who are essentially right-backs. We're absolutely begging for a right-back for years and then three come along <laughs> of, of some quality all at once. All first choice for you know some of the top teams in England, playing best football in England almost. Yeah. Good problems. Good problems to have, yeah, yeah. One of them could figure out how to be a right-winger instead. <laughs> yeah, um, true. I'd probably back all three, actually, I said that. Yeah, they've all, pace. Got, they've all got terrific attacking attributes. Yeah. On to the goalkeepers. He's gone for four goalkeepers again, which is interesting. Uh, Bettinelli from Fulham, Jack Butler from Stoke City, Alex McCarthy from Southampton, and then Jordan Pickford. Who's your number one out of that? Is it still Pickford, I imagine? Probably, yeah, yeah Pickford. He's done, he's done nothing particularly wrong to suggest that he... Well, yeah, it shouldn't be dropped, basically. He's got a new contract at Everton. He's been playing pretty decent. He's our number one for for the foreseeable future, I think. I was saying earlier, though, I know what Southgate's doing with this this four goalkeeper situation. Oh, yeah? When when a manager puts more than one goalkeeper on the bench, he's screaming for signings. <laughs> Gareth Southgate's screaming for passports to be given out. <laughs> get those, get those six, start tapping up some 16-year-olds, is what Gareth Southgate's saying. Never say that again. <laughs> 17-year-olds. They're legal. It's legal. I mean, while we're on the topic of handing out passports... Out kids. No, handing out passports. I've never said tapping out kids. Yeah. Declan Rice has said that he wants to play for England. He has. He's and looked really good for West Ham in that midfield role. He's obviously not got picked again, yeah. but he's, he's going to hold out for it. And I think if, if West Ham continue to play... and if, Well, half-decent, and if Declan Rice... It continues to play well as he is, albeit he's playing as a defensive midfielder at the moment, which isn't necessarily his natural position. Um, I don't see why he shouldn't get a call up. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about it necessarily, though, given that he's played youth level, under 17s, 18s, under 21s, and played three games for the senior team, mm. albeit in friendlies, to then transition into the um, the England men's team, or the Diego Costa-esque. I'd, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. It, it feels like, well, just taking advantage of the situation that he's in at the moment where he's got a bit more limelight and he's maybe looking to play for a better team rather than his home nation. True. I see it as he's just trying to get the fastest way away from Roy Keane as physically possible. Oh, wouldn't you though? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. That man is... Scare the life out of me. I mean... But, and he's also on a rampage to piss off the whole... Uh, Ireland squad. He called Harry Arthur a pussy. Why would you call a player on your team that for no apparent reason? Shouldn't be such a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it does play oh, well. for Cardiff, to be fair. Yeah. Probably the opposite of that. Looking at that squad, you've got Croatia on October the 12th, and then a couple of days later, you've got Spain. How do you think that squad will fare against those two? Well, given that, I don't know. Key part of that is how Modric is playing. He's obviously not having the best form at the moment, and he said he's he says he's quite mentally drained, physically drained after the World Cup. 
Um, I could see us having a good go at good go at Croatia. Certainly, I think the only thing that maybe was our, our undoing against Croatia was our lack of fitness and maybe fatigue after a long tournament. Um, so I reckon if you know with a an even younger squad than before, um, mm. I think we can have a good go. Um, Spain, I'm not sure. A lot to be said there. Um, I, I think we might come a cropper. Not come a cropper again, but I think we might struggle to break down Spain. What do you reckon? Yeah, I pretty much agree with you, to be honest. Yeah. You, in the one negative side to the World Cup game against Croatia, where I think a lot of pundits after the game said, if England had a midfielder who could just keep a hold of the ball mm. and not launch it long, you'd have had a chance. This will answer that question, because the likes of Harry Winks, Jordan Henderson was in the World Cup squad, but... Harry Winks, Mason Mount, maybe James Madison playing as like a roaming midfielder. It will be interesting to see yeah. if that works. I, th- I think, that, yeah, I think what's more important now is to experiment with the side. I think what's more important to these fixtures is about you know experimenting with the team. I don't think there's any issues if we get relegated, which you know is a likelihood at this stage mm. that we get relegated into B division. We we are probably going to be one of those yo-yo sides that's caught in between. A and B, because we're going to find ourselves in groups with Germany, Croatia's, you know, Portugal's teams of some repute, and we might struggle. I think it'd be better if we can, you know, establish some new players into the England team and, you know, figure out some good systems. It's two years out from the tournament, so yeah, why not start now? Be an interesting couple of games, right? That ends the England squad chat. One thing that I do want to mention before we go... Tune in next week to a recycling bin on Danny's computer near you. (laughs) No, I just want to say we should probably talk about the massive game between Liverpool and Man City quickly for this podcast. I know that we've already... already talked about it. Yeah, I know that we've already talked about it, but the file... Oh, you know, goalkeepers, games, goals. (laughs) No. Um, Biggest game of the season. Does that separate the men from the boys? Yeah, Klopp versus Guardiola. Two very contrasting styles. Two teams with maybe, well, one style of playing and they won't back down from it. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's going to be cracking. Every game, they they played four times last season, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And each one was, in, in its own way, a classic. Um, yeah. I, I th- there's going to be goals, certainly. I don't think they know how to play apart from that. Liverpool are more assured now, though, in defence. So That could... Yeah. That could uh, that could play a factor, but obviously Liverpool struggling in the last three games. They'll want to bounce back well, and uh, I believe you said earlier that Salah might be key. <laughs> yes, I think. It what really... was that? <laughs> you said it so eloquently earlier and with distinction. <laughs> oh, it's definitely not coming with distinction or eloquency this time. I think it'll just be an interesting way of seeing if Salah is on his game. Whoever plays at left back for City, because we know Mendy is still injured, they're going to have their hands full. Perhaps Delph in a, a roaming role. <laughs> Quoting me from earlier. Yes, I think it'll be a really interesting game. As you said, there will be goals. And I think it will dictate the title charge. Because if City can win this one, they might run away with it. But if Liverpool get a decent result, then you never know. Where do you see the game going? It's a big game early on. 2-1 Liverpool. I'm saying. Interesting. I'm going to go for 2-1 City. That pretty much covers it. The rest of the games at the weekend, Burnley-Huddersfield probably will end in a 0-0 draw. Crystal Palace-Wolves, that could go either way. Leicester-Everton will be a decent game. 
Spurs could come back from a midweek dropping by Barcelona to beat Cardiff. Watford-Bournemouth looks like an interesting game with a couple of draws. And Manchester United-Newcastle, probably the least fun game. Absolute shitter. Yes, not a fun game to watch. But as you said earlier, Newcastle could be inspired after their dinner out with Mike Ashley. Yeah, I look forward to uh, not watching the highlights of that one. Uh, the Friday game, West Ham, Brighton, you're pretty keen to get a good result there and quite positive that you might. Yeah, keep let the good times keep rolling. Next week I'm probably going to be uh, down about our 4-0 drubbing. Uh, but uh, yeah, I th- I'm, I'm positive and, about the res- yeah, And after chance. how you treated me in the pub between Manchester United and West Ham, I look forward to you being down after a 4-0 drubbing from Brighton. What a pleasure it was. <laughs> and the rest of the Sunday games, Fulham take on Arsenal. Arsenal look good. They have five wins in a row. They could make it six. And we both agreed that Southampton-Chelsea will most likely be another passing masterclass by Southampton and they'll do <laughs> business against Chelsea. Yeah. Sarri ball in full swing. Mark Hughes fuming. Um, a thing that I like seeing, to be honest. Yeah. He's unhinged. <laughs> oh God, that wasn't said before. Yeah. <laughs> right, that wraps up the Game Time Extra episode for this week. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch, gametimepodcast1 at gmail.com or tweet us at gametime underscore pod on Twitter. Ask us lots of questions. Hopefully we'll be back for another episode of Game Time Extra next week where we'll have a more in-depth Premier League. To its most full extent yes. and potential. To its, to its pure potential, we'll be back next week. Until next week, see you later. Au revoir.